persistent pain for more than three months? And the doctors don't have any solutions for you? Are they saying, it's all in your head? Or, you have to learn to live with it? And that message just doesn't feel right to you? Well, then you're in the right place. My name is Anna Frixelius, and I'm an expert in health mastery. As a teenager, I got scleroderma and rheumatoid arthritis. Both of these are autoimmune conditions, chronic, incurable, with a pretty grim prognosis. But that was just the beginning. Afterwards, I survived two serious traffic accidents that was in my early 20s. Surviving was great, but I got a complex spinal fracture, part of my spine was crushed, and I got a whiplash neck injury. So at that point, I had a triple whammy of debilitating conditions in a really short period of time. Fun fact, of those three things, the autoimmunity, the crushed spine and the whiplash injury, the whiplash injury was what disabled me the most. Still, none of the doctors believed it was real. With these four diagnoses, at age 25, I was crippled by chronic pain and I was completely given up by the doctors. They thought I was a hopeless case. They put me on disability and just gave me lots of painkillers. Told me to stay at home and, you know, give up all my dreams. But instead of listening to them, I found out how to rebuild my health, working from the inside out. Nobody believed it was possible. But a few years later, I got out of the wheelchair and I completed a pilgrimage walking to Santiago de Compostela. That's a 500 mile hike across the mountains and plains of northern Spain. Today, I have a healthy and happy, active life. I work full time, helping other people recover from chronic pain, while also advocating for better treatment and patient rights. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing insights and useful strategies for anyone dealing with persistent pain and chronic health issues. I'm going to talk about the failing medical paradigm and what we need to do to change it. But most of all, I want to share solutions. What can you do to have a healthy, happy and active life, no matter what diagnoses you have and what your current health state is? So let's dig in. Health is not binary and healing is not linear. These are topics I've talked about before on the podcast. And today I'm going to explain a little bit about how that might look in practice, in real life. Because if you have any kind of chronic condition or chronic pain, chances are more than average that you experience good periods and not so good periods. And in The chronic illness community, we often talk about flares, how a symptom flare can be triggered and we don't always know the causes, but for some reason you have periods with more symptoms, maybe more pain, but for some reason something triggers an increase in symptoms and that's often called a flare. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about my own flare experiences. I just came out of a really bad sciatica flare. And as I was going through that, I really experienced it from a new perspective where I was (laughs) seeing it from the outside while experiencing the flare. And I want to share some insights and thoughts that came up through that process. My sciatic flare this time around. It lasted around 10 days. And ever since I broke my back in Indonesia, and I've shared that story in another episode, what would happen there, I have had very narrow passage from 
my spine and central nerve canal going out to my legs. Basically, that whole area was deformed a bit, and then through the surgeries, there's a lot of scar tissue in my spine right now. In addition to the rheumatoid arthritis, which has a life of its own, I must say, like autoimmune illnesses, there seem to be a lot of different things that can trigger an autoimmune flare, and the doctors can't really explain it. So my combination of conditions with the fractured spine and the scar tissue and then the autoimmune rheumatoid arthritis really means that I have to learn how to navigate good periods and worse periods where I see it as a very big difference in lifestyle, like what I can do when I'm going through a flare and when I'm having a better period. So one of the most important things I've had to learn is how to not provoke flares, like really to analyze and find my triggers. And this is something that I see a lot of people with chronic pain and chronic illness go through as a quite, I would say, demanding part of the experience of living with any kind of chronic condition is we're constantly asking ourselves why. Like the big question is, why did I get this disease or what triggered this disease? And then when we are living with any kind of condition, if the symptoms increase, we're always asking why. Like, what happened? What did I do wrong this time? What happened to bring on this symptom flare? And people are very often blaming themselves. Maybe that's also because we want to have control. Like, we want to believe that we're in control of our health. So we seem to analyze everything we do and try to create a lifestyle where we don't trigger flares while not maybe taking into account that there are quite a few things that we can't control. So thinking about the cause, like the start of a flare, let's just say one day you wake up and you have way more pain and you think about what you've done, like what did I do yesterday? Maybe you, if you have back pain like me, maybe you did something very demanding for your back. If you, if you walked on concrete all day or you wore bad shoes, those things are things that can trigger lumbar back pain. Or if you carried something heavy or lift in a bad position, or all of these bending and twisting, different kinds of movements or things you can do to your body that can trigger symptom flare when it comes to back pain. Then there's, of course, all kinds of psychological stressors, like you've been going through a very stressful period either at work or in your family, and all of a sudden your pain increases a lot. Or maybe there's been some crisis in your family or at work. And when you get out of it on the other side, your symptoms flare up. Maybe that's just because you haven't been listening to your body like during the stressful period. And then when the stress is sort of reduced, all of a sudden the pain sort of comes back with a vengeance. I don't know. All of these things can have an impact on our bodies. And then there's a slightly more weird triggers for flares like autoimmune flare-ups I experience together with very many people with rheumatic conditions that our pain can be triggered by low pressures or weather changes. And again, the doctors can't explain why this is. I talked to some really experienced rheumatologists here in Norway about this a few months back, and they really looked into and tried to analyze what can cause these flare-ups that rheumatics think are caused by by low pressure and weather change. And if you look at it statistically, apparently it's impossible to link it to say that overall 
very many rheumatics experience so and so. It's not possible to scientifically prove that. The only thing that was statistically significant when some scientists compared meteorological data with symptoms being reported by rheumatics was actually solar flares. So when there was a lot of sunstorm activity, like this is electromagnetic radiation coming from the sun, the rheumatics were also reporting higher levels of symptoms. And of course, there is no explanation for this in the current medical paradigm. And that's where I go like, what does this mean in the quantum, like in the quantum field? There's this massive outburst of energy coming from the sun. It's strong enough to affect our technology, like our wireless technology and radio waves. Maybe it also affects our bodies and we don't know how. Maybe this has something to do with synesthesia that I've talked about in a previous episode also. I don't know. But for whatever reason, Say, something triggers a flare, whether it be induced by some condition outside you that you can't control, or maybe even a new, like an infection, you get a new illness or you get a new injury and that can be like a trigger, a flare of your other health problems. Or you actually do something yourself, like you take some action which somehow triggers your symptoms to increase. Dietary things here, like If you've ever met people with chronic, talk to quite a few different people with chronic conditions, they all have theories about dietary things or triggers, something they might eat which could trigger flares or trigger more symptoms. And there doesn't seem to be any general statistically significant patterns there that you can say like all people with these conditions have triggers from gluten, for example. That's a lot of people think that gluten is a trigger. But it's not possible to prove that that's the case for lots of people. But it's definitely worth, like, finding out for yourself, like, finding all your triggers. Because when you do trigger a flare, chances are that flare sort of takes over your life for whether it's a few days, a few weeks, or a few months then you get trapped in the pain spiral that I've also talked about before. So when a pain flare or a symptom flare is triggered, you have more symptoms, more pain and fatigue often, like those are very common symptoms to change this way. All of a sudden, the whole pain spiral is set into motion. It triggers stress. As um, we know, like pain will trigger a stress response in the brain where our survival brain sort of takes over and wants to protect us from harm by sort of locking down emotionally, spiritually, locking down all non-essential parts of you. Whenever the brain feels that the body is threatened, which always happens when you have strong pain, the brain sort of shuts off all parts of your psyche that are deemed non-essential to survival, and it goes into this survival mode. So when you have a flare, most likely you're also in survival mode. And what does someone do when they're in survival mode? Fight or flight, like obviously people can get very excitable, I would say, like you want to find out whatever was wrong, like analyze the cause and get away from it. But also it can trigger this give up, like a freeze response where parts of your nervous system almost like shuts off and you dissociate. And it's hard to think clearly because you're just sort of in the flare, in the symptoms, trying to get the symptoms down, like trying to get this whole 
alarm of the pain, danger, pain, danger signal to go down. And what's happening then is that you're caught in the flare, almost like you're trapped. While the flare is ongoing and you're in survival mode, many different parts of you get sort of locked down and you can't function fully. You can't use your whole mental, intellectual, and emotional capacity. This is a dangerous landscape, basically, to be in. So anything you can do to prevent flares and also to to learn how to reduce all kinds of triggers, anything that could trigger a flare, leading to you having shorter flares or longer time periods between the flares, all of the things you can do to to affect these things will greatly improve your quality of life. Because it's really hard to have any quality of life when you're in survival mode. And if your condition has been checked out by the doctors, I don't know what diagnoses you may have, if it's fibromyalgia or any, even multiple sclerosis, like there can be all kinds of different conditions, or you could have survived cancer and you have some damage after treatment which leads to pain. Lots of different things and activities and outside conditions and psychological stressors can trigger a flare. And the most helpful thing you can do is to find out what those triggers are so you can reduce them, so you can avoid them, so you can plan your life to include more of the things that help you feel healthier and have less pain and less of the things that trigger flares. And maybe you feel, well, all of these things, I can't control my job, I can't control my family stress, I can't control that I have to get my kids to school. But everything you can control is a potential gateway out of the flare and out of the pain spiral. Now, I've worked with helping people with chronic illness and chronic pain for over 12 years now. And also, in my own experience, I've experienced again and again how when the pain takes over, it's almost like you lose your sense of self. Now, what is important to remember is that each time you're in a pain flare, like you're experiencing strong pain, you're in the red zone, it's easy to forget your true identity. It's easy to forget who you really are. It's almost like you're entire being is so restricted by this pain. And what happens is when we're in survival mode, we think we have to plan for the future based on what we're, what our life is like right then. And that's when we cancel things and we just can't manage to stay on top of life, like functioning in daily life. And this is so hard for healthy people to understand how something like pain, these symptoms, can just take over your entire life. And I've been helping people with chronic pain now for over 12 years, and what I see is there are definite stages in any patient's journey, I would say, where in the early stages where you have all the symptoms, but you have none of the explanations, like you probably don't have a diagnosis, you don't have treatment, and you don't have a lot of experience with how you can affect your own pain and how you can affect your own symptoms. What happens is that people tend to be quite desperate searching for solutions. Like in the early phase of any chronic illness, patients are desperate to a point where it's 
kind of dangerous. Like that they are willing to throw money at whoever to do whatever. And they can do rather desperate things, at least if the disease is serious and if the pain is really bad, people will, at an early stage, before they have access to treatment and before they have learned how to manage their own symptoms well, they will basically be in this chaotic mode of just searching outside them for answers. Like they'll be running from doctor to doctor to doctor, throwing money at people and spending so much time and energy and money on meeting different practitioners, medical practitioners from different traditions even, and trying different miracle cures. Basically, they're desperate, they will do anything. And this is where all the extremely ethically challenged (laughs) wellness influencers and supplement salesmen, like snake oil salespeople, and quite a lot of non-conventional medical methods that don't have any scientific basis, but they sound good and they they might even feel good and maybe they look convincing and people will buy things like the Healy, whatever little plastic thing that's supposed to do something to your energy. And like, of course, that's not so expensive, so it's not such a big deal, but people will travel to other countries and pay for expensive alternative treatment that's not available in their country. And all of this is to say, in the anatomy of a flare, when you are in strong pain, you can't really trust your mind to make good choices, right? You need to get out of the flare and you need to get out of the pain spiral, at least to have a break in order to be able to think clearly. And that's where we really need the doctors. And that's where we need pain medication. Because you forget who you are. And you, you, you lose yourself in this process. So having access to any kind of medical treatment which will give you a break from the pain, the symptoms flaring, so that you can remember <laughs> who you are and what you can do. And then maybe start to analyze these symptoms and start to analyze these flares. like. Why did my pain increase so much? Was it something I ate? Was it something I did? Or was it something I can't control? And then you reduce the things that you can control so that you're left with only the things you can't control. And depending on your diagnosis, depending on your illness, if you reduce the triggers that you can control, you will be left with a very, very diminished (laughs) symptom burden. So in my case, with the rheumatoid arthritis, right, when I, in the beginning, I was desperate and I would do anything. After a while, I got pretty systematic, trying to find out what could reduce this autoimmune condition from destroying my joints. I love being active. I love dancing, climbing, traveling. I want to do so many things. And my joints were being slowly eroded, like destroyed from within. It's extremely painful. And so in the beginning, yeah, I was desperate. And after a while, I got more systematic about testing things and I realized like what I eat does change the amount of inflammation and pain and stiffness that I have in my joints. So from having an active flare-up I realized I could change the level of inflammation by changing what I ate and that led to me really experimenting with dietary change in a systematic way not just trying everything which I did in the beginning. And I've landed on a dietary system that is quite restricted, 
I started with no gluten, no dairy. Now I'm just no sugar, no flour. I follow bright line eating now. But no gluten, no dairy was the start for me. And gradually I eat like more and more whole foods, all of this. I guess it's kind of like what's called the autoimmune protocol. I also have long breaks between meals. So it's intermittent fasting, like for gut health. All of these different things that you may be able to try, it's impossible to do them when you are in survival mode, battling really strong symptoms. So being able to look at this sort of rationally and do something about it in a smart way requires having a break from your symptoms where you can really see the big picture and remember who you are. So going through a flare, like just try to have this as your guiding principle that learn from it. If you learn from every flare, that flare is not wasted. Try to find out what triggered it. Try to find out what you can do to reduce it. Try to find out what you can do to shorten it, both lower the symptoms and shorten the duration. All of the things that you can do that help are in the long term going to make a huge difference because this, this is like atomic habits, right? Uh, habit stacks, whatever. You're building habit by habit. You're building a lifestyle where your illness or your pain has less and less room in your life. And that's the secret to living well with chronic illness. So if you want to discuss this episode, uh, check out our Facebook page. And if you want to learn my method for changing your health, working from the inside out, you should join Health Mastery Insiders. It's a really comprehensive, inspirational program that teaches you everything you need to know to turn your health around. Application link is in the show notes. Bye! Come in the sugar. Honey!